Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. As we continue our series on how to be more resilient in today's world, this week I want to talk about the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness refers to the conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they deserve your forgiveness. What I like about this definition is it addresses one of the great misconceptions about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not about saying that what was done is right. It's offered to people who deserve it and to those who don't. This concept for, of forgiveness is very important, particularly now in our highly polarized world. One of the themes of our uh, discussions is how we can engage in the public square and in the political world, which has become so toxic and difficult. And I really believe that this theme and topic of forgiveness is one of the most important things that people of faith can bring into this political arena. And as you know, in the political arena, there's not much forgiveness, but there is, if you notice, forgiveness for our side of the equation. And, and this has been going on for a while. I remember back in 1998, um, Gloria Steinem wrote an op-ed saying, why feminists support Clinton? And in it, she said, uh, she just made a defense of the president saying, you know, he's on our side, so we might not like what he did, but we have to support him. And then um, during that same time, an evangelical leader named Al Mohler, the Southern Baptist Church, um, made it a huge point that a person's moral life needs to be aligned for them to serve in office saying that character is really important and that we have to demand that in our leaders. So it was uh, ironic uh, in the 2016 campaign when a take came out from candidate Trump bragging about sexually assaulting women that Al Mohler, although at first critical, then explained it's more important for us to support our side even when they aren't right. So in our polarized culture, we forgive people more likely on our side of the equation and we're furious with them over there. And we do this in our personal life as well. We find it much easier to seek forgiveness from others and God, but we often forget the need to be forgiven. The parable today tells this reality. A servant asks forgiveness from his master for a debt, but immediately turns around and refuses to forgive those that he owes money to. The need to forgive as being forgiven and the way they're connected, it should sound familiar to you. We say it each week in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You can't have one without the other. We often say that in our tradition, it teaches that you really can't say you love God if you don't love your neighbor. 
Well, forgiveness works in a similar way. You can't say, God, forgive my sins, if you can't forgive others, because forgiveness is an act of love. Again, let me say it again. Forgiveness doesn't mean you're saying it's fine. It's not saying what you uh, did didn't matter. It isn't saying everything is good. And it doesn't mean to submit yourself to bad situations with people. You need to get away from uh, situations where you're in danger or with bad folks. But you do have to forgive. Being a forgiving person means being brutally honest about what happened. And in that brutal honesty of what happened, still finding a way to forgive. Now, in our tradition, we're taught that God forgives us instantly. It's, a, it's different than a lot of traditions. Um, when we confess our sins and we really mean it, we can be free of them. But many times we say that we're confessing our sins, but we're not really free of them. And so they, they cling to us. But God forgives us instantly and, and is a loving God. He holds no grudges and he forgives the acts. Um, it's only recently that I realized how you view God impacts how you look at this topic of forgiveness. You might remember um, about five years ago, I planned a sermon on forgiveness, and I cited the reconciliation that had occurred that week between uh, a man named Brant Jean, if you remember. He was an African-American whose brother had been murdered by a white female police officer. And uh, Brant's, and he forgave the white female police officer in the courtroom, if you remember, and hugged her. And Brant's mother at the time said, I'm so proud of you, my son Brant. Your load is lighter. And I cited this in the newsletter and saying, this is a great example of living out forgiveness. And I really like the mother's uh, reference that when we forgive, we are letting a burden off of ourselves. We're freeing ourselves. Um, Henry Nowen, who uh, we read today and was a professor of mine, makes that point so beautifully that I wanted to include his quote that says that when we are forgiving, we are doing benefit to ourselves. So that week of that sermon, you might remember my dear friend, Reverend Joseph Smith, wrote me ahead of time and he said he disagreed and he didn't think that forgiveness in this situation was appropriate because it uh, didn't deal with the injustice and it didn't deal with racism. So we turned that week's sermon into a dialogue and it was fascinating. The part that was most fascinating, uh, we certainly teased out a lot of topics, but he made this point. He said that uh, God doesn't forgive and we shouldn't either at some point in, the, in our discussion. And I was so, I said, no, God forgives us. And he said, no, because when we die, we go before the judgment chair and the judgment, we, if we lit a, lit, lived a bad life, we will be thrown into hell and be tortured for eternity and for eternal punishment. So he was making the point that God doesn't forgive and there's situations where we shouldn't either. And it was fascinating. I'd never really thought of it that way um, because our tradition teaches that God is, is love forever forgiving, condemns no one to hell, and people that are in hell have chosen that as a place where they can live, live out their greatest loves and desires, even if it's pure selfishness. But what Joseph helped me see is that even how you believe in God um, can impact the way you look at forgiveness. And then later I came upon a study and I was reading about the Middle Ages where people held the view that 
they would not be forgiven by God at death, so they began punishing themselves on earth in a way to reduce the debt of sin that they had. So you might call it like a judgment debit plan that they sort of created by punishing themselves. So these are very, I think, strange views to look at God, but understanding our view of God impacts what we're trying to imitate. There's a meme that I've noticed on the internet lately. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with this famous picture of Jesus knocking at the door. And so it's, um, it's Jesus knocking at the door and it has little bubbles. So I'll just tell you what the bubbles say. So Jesus is knocking at the door. There's nobody on the other side, but a little bubble comes through. And the, the famous painting is that Jesus is knocking at the door to, you know, for your life. It's, uh, it's from a text from scripture. So this little uh, meme, which was supposed to be funny, says, Jesus says, knock, knock. And the door says, you know, person behind the door says, who's there? And Jesus says, let me in. And the door, the person at the door says, why? And Jesus says, I must save you. And Jesus said, uh, the person behind the door says, well, from what? And then Jesus says, from what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. So this is a meme that's put out by an atheist group, but it does show the inconsistency, I think, that we cannot believe in a God of love and a God who forgives, um, and at the same time believe in a God who uh, basically tells us that we need to believe in them or we'll be destroyed. So I thought it was interesting the way we understand God can impact the way we forgive others. So on this topic of forgiveness, we forgive others by the grace of God. That's where we get the power. And we are forgiving because we are forgiven. And we can forgive others because we have also been forgiven. So it's all connected. We cannot, again, we cannot be forgiven if we're not forgiving others. So how does this uh, impact our role about engaging with others and hold, you know, particularly people who hold different worldviews we've been talking about? Um, I, I, I like to think of a theme I call pre-forgiveness uh, when we go into dialogue or we go into difficult situations. And that is, we need to go in forgiving the people we'll be engaging with before we even get there because they will very likely offend us in the process and we will, not knowingly sometimes, offend others. And so for the world to work, for society to work, for groups to be created, we are going to hurt each other's feelings, step on toes, offend. And so forgiveness as a preemptive strike is critical. We have to go in saying, I'm going in forgiving people, not necessarily to shame or criticize, but I'm also going to know that I will probably make mistakes and I will seek forgiveness. When we go in with that mentality, we can resi resist the temptation to lash out or cancel the other person. Um, and some people have, in our culture now are going as far as finding out where you, they call it doxing, going online, finding out where you work, getting you fired. Um, it's quite brutal. We can't all be judged on our biggest, uh, the moment we make our biggest mistake and have our careers and our lives destroyed by it. We've got to be more forgiving. This uh, problem of the lack of forgiveness in our culture right now is getting quite worse. Uh, this past week, I was at a gathering of Citizens University, their collaboratory, it was held in Los Angeles, and it brings together leading civil society groups. And uh, it's the organization that I went to in 2016 for the first time. I sat down to this lovely Korean documentarian 
who was showing her film, and we connected, and she told me she wanted to come to church, and well, the rest is history. Today, Annabelle Park is our church president, and that happened at Citizens University. So you can see why I like going to this group. This year, we had a, a, a theme came up among the high school collaboratory members. There's a group of youth collaboratory members, and they were talking, uh, particularly this young man, Eric, a high school junior, spoke, and he said that his generation is stressed out and living in fear of what their classmates think of them. He's a first-generation child of Chinese immigrants, and he explained that he has a fear of being canceled, and it's creating so much anxiety for him and his classmates that what they've all learned to do is just keep their mouths shut. He pointed out that in his school, it was pretty clear what the party line was, and he felt bad, he said, for anyone who crossed it. So this lack of forgiveness is having a huge impact, and it's really creating anxiety for particularly younger people, and we need forgiveness brought back in. So I asked Eric, what are the issues that you're most afraid of talking about? And he didn't want to tell me. He was so afraid. And then um, I just guessed, and I said, is it LGBT issues? And he said, yes. I said, was it around race and racism? He said, yes. Then he chimed in. It's also about pro-life, and it's, there's people in our school who favor Trump, and if they say it, they'll get canceled. And then he added, I'm very progressive, by the way. So Eric speaks for many of us in our culture now who are afraid to speak their mind in the public square because we've lacked this sense of forgiveness. We're not, we're not looking at people's best opportunities. We're looking at them in the most judgmental light. So this age-old spiritual wisdom of forgiveness and what I'm calling pre-forgiveness pre needs to come back into the public square and it will help us reduce polarization. Finally, if we don't do it, we're not gonna engage in the public square because we're gonna be afraid and we're gonna not take risks and we're not gonna join groups and we're not gonna get involved and we're gonna become more lonely and we're gonna become more isolated and we're gonna become more polarized. So it's critical for us to engage, but we need this ability to forgive and be forgiven because engaging with others is risky and right now it, can, it feels even more risky as Eric described. But I believe that forgiving is a spiritual resilience superpower. It's not something that we can necessarily cultivate completely on our own. It's something that we develop with God's help through trial and error but trying, failing, and trying again. One simple practice we can all try is to simply think of a person that we're angry with right now and just say to ourselves, I forgive you. Then ask for their forgiveness of you, even if you don't feel they, uh, you have any blame in the situation. And try to think of someone who maybe you've offended and just say to your, that person's name to yourself and say, please forgive me. Even if you don't say it to the person, this ability to begin to ask for forgiveness and to forgive will develop our spiritual muscles so that we'll be able to engage in the public square. I believe that the spiritual resilient power of forgiveness may be the most important skill that sincere people of faith can bring into our civic life. Let's work to make it real in our own lives and we can then share it with others. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.